0: folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I'm extremely delighted to have as my guest Blake McCaslin, who is the Vice President for Marketing, Communications, and Community Engagement at Tennessee Wesleyan University. It's always hard for me to say university since I was here in the 60s, and it was college, but it's the same wonderful place, and Blake, we're so glad to have you.
1: Well, thank you, Shelly. I appreciate you having me and and appreciate all you're doing for Tennessee Wesleyan to serve your alma mater.
0: Well, thank you. We just had folks homecoming here at Wesleyan, and it was just a great experience. And Blake has been involved in those details for a long time. But let's start out, as I do with all my guests, if you'll kind of introduce yourself to our audience and talk about where you were raised and your family. Uh, a little bit of that.
1: Sure. Uh, Born and raised in Inglewood, Tennessee. Actually uh, still reside in Inglewood today. Went to Inglewood Elementary, then McMinn Central High School, and finished my collegiate uh, career here at Tennessee Wesleyan College at the time as well, just like when you were here, and was offered a position to stay at Tennessee Wesleyan and work and just loved the university, loved the school, and wanted to continue to serve until I guess until I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, and I'm still here, still serving, and just uh, have enjoyed the opportunity to, uh, to do that now for, I guess, almost 23 years in various capacities.
0: Well, and briefly, I think you stepped away to uh, get into some hospital work, is I that did. right?
1: I did, I I worked at Star Regional Medical Center. At the time when I started, the two hospitals were still separated, owned by LifePoint together but they were still under the names of Athens Regional Medical Center and Woods Memorial Hospital. And I was there during that real consolidation when they became Star Regional Medical Center with Athens and Edouard Campus and the affiliated uh, skilled nursing facility and physician's offices and the other ancillary services. Did that for about six and a half or seven years, then came back to Tennessee Wesleyan in 2019, serving as the vice president for advancement and working more closely with the alumni and donor base through the... uh, through the jobs that are associated with that title. And as time evolved, got back into the marketing area, which is where I had really worked at Tennessee Wesleyan for the first you know, 17, 18 years I was here.
0: Share with the listeners, if you will, Blake, and I know a lot of the folks may understand, but marketing itself, and especially at the collegiate level, pretty well involves what?
1: It's a lot, and, and honestly, the way our office is structured we almost serve as an ad agency for the university so when you think about what this office oversees and the areas that we are responsible for it's the public relations which is more the earned media when you send a press release you do the organic content on social media channels or or other similar avenues it's the paid advertising when you actually place an ad whether that's in a traditional format or in a digital format, so newspaper, billboard, magazine, as well as Google ads, ads that show up on social media, some of the pre-video roles you may see when you're watching videos on YouTube or watching on a streaming platform like Hulu or Netflix. It's also the placement of those advertisements and covers everything that helps in our community engagement with participation in civic organizations, parades, chambers of commerce, anything that is really an outward-facing effort of the university, we either are very directly or indirectly involved with on behalf of the entire organization.
0: Well, and it's a day-to-day, very uh, high-powered and and considerably stressful at times because of competition, Mm -hmm. I assume, not just with area and regional schools, but, but now nationwide. Can you share, Blake, a little bit of, of stats, and I won't pin you down on anything, <laughs> of course. Uh, at Wesleyan, currently in the uh, fall semester now of 2023, mm-hmm. uh, do we have uh, our stats in yet? Maybe like our enrollment and, and maybe number of states or countries where our students are coming from, that type of stuff? Sure.
1: And we have what we call the census date, which is kind of our official date that we recognize what our fall enrollment is so that's the number that will be in all the permanent records and are submitted to other you know state agencies and things like that that we report to so the fall 2023 enrollment ended officially with 1055 students which is up from last year that's a blessing for us a lot of colleges are in a different position but fortunately we did have an enrollment increase uh, we said at 865 of those as undergraduate students And an area that we have seen some real growth is in the graduate programs. And that has been a a real bolster to our enrollment. We've expanded our programs, recruited heavily for those programs, and we're seeing the efforts pay off now of that enrollment population growing in the adult and graduate areas.
0: Share with us, Blake, because I've just loved watching the growth of these graduate programs. Mm -hmm. Share with our listeners what perhaps, and, and step back one step, maybe how many majors we offer here at Mm Wesleyan, and then our graduate programs, the ones that we actually have.
1: Sure. And on the undergraduate side, it's always interesting to ask how many majors because they're sometimes reported differently. But if you look at programs of study, which could include emphases in various areas or uh, other minors or focus areas, we're about 60 or 70 different areas of study and that's a lot larger than most people think. A lot of times, especially for those in the local region that may drive by and see what appears to be a small private liberal arts school, and they know a handful of teachers that maybe came here or a few others in other professions, it's always intriguing when you tell people that there are you know, usually in the 35 to 40 majors with another you know, 60 or 70 areas of study, really how much you can gain here in the way of degrees on the graduate program we have increased that quite a bit over the past few years we have nine different areas in the graduate programs now those started out about 15 years ago with our first mba program and they have continued to grow from that Um, most of those have either an online or a hybrid format so you can still complete those degrees from home or or wherever that may be in an online format and they range from several programs in the business administration area We have two graduate programs in education for educators that want to further their degrees have a master's of science in nursing so that complements the undergrad program we have in the nursing as well as the rn to bsn program in that area the masters of occupational therapy which you're very familiar with and then also our uh, new masters of science in sport leadership so two of the programs one in the business area and the sport leadership were just approved by our accrediting agency within the past probably month as of the time this is recorded. So those are our newest offerings and and bring us up to a total of nine graduate programs. And then two more programs that focus on degree completion. So maybe you started a degree in business administration, never finished, have an associate's degree, and you'd really like to get that bachelor's level degree, but you can't commit to a full time status Monday through Friday during the uh, day. Or a criminal justice leadership. You're in law enforcement, you want to continue to work up that ladder, get to a you know a corporal or a chief or some other level of administration. We do have two adult degree completion programs both in business administration and in criminal justice.
0: That's that's so amazing to me as we look back and I'm sure to you, having been associated with Weston so long, to think we could put together these graduate programs at a smaller school, awesome. It is. It's totally awesome.
1: I was talking to a colleague a few weeks ago about my time here, and certainly you could share stories, but it was a little bit of a low enrollment period. I think we had about 450 students my freshman year. <laughs> and you know, as I was sharing some of the buildings that weren't open and the lower stats we had back then, to think that over the past you know 20 or 25 years, we've almost tripled enrollment. We've added this many programs. We've added several graduate programs, degree completion programs, expanded our Athens campus, moved to a campus in Knoxville, two campuses in Knoxville. The growth of the school has been tremendous over the past 25 or 30 years.
0: Totally amazing. And, and as you look at it, Blake, from your seat with the marketing, mm-hmm. uh, share with us what might be some of your uh, most Uh, exciting moments in advancement and just Mm -hmm. moving over here to what you really enjoy in in the marketing but share with us some of those exciting moments that have come to you maybe like with the uh, column center these kinds of Mm -hmm. things that uh, really can pump up the energy in the administrative staff at a small college
1: sure and and I think personally it always goes back to helping people. I have seen throughout my professional career, whatever I do, whether that was here or at the hospital is trying to help somebody. Hospital, it might be medical services or, or you know, something more health related. Here it's oftentimes finding a 17 or an 18 year old that doesn't know what they wanna do with life, find that direction, find that purpose and what their, what their life looks like. But as a student, you mentioned the Column Center specifically, I can remember we had nowhere really to hang out between classes. Our game room and our bookstore were average at best. And if you look at Carl Collins' career as a student here, I think he would share a similar story. He has told me personally that he would oftentimes sit in his car between classes because there was nowhere to hang out. If you weren't a resident student and you didn't have that residence hall to go back to, if the weather was pretty, maybe you sit outside, you find a park bench or a picnic table, and that was his desire is to make a place where students could congregate, where the community could congregate, where they could grab a bite to eat, they could maybe shoot a game of pool, have a place to study, have a nice place for the bookstore, and that's the building he built. And when you see students in there day in, day out, utilizing that space, and you see the Johnson event space upstairs hold community events, and it's kind of become the premier facility for so many businesses and organizations to have annual meetings, that to think that's on our campus, that we are that shining star in downtown Athens that can host those types of events, it's rewarding. I mean, you you put a lot of heart and effort into whatever you do in the advancement world and the marketing world, and that's what brings it home is when you see the community rally behind you and show that support for the university.
0: That's an excellent point, Blake. I remember being on, of course, almost 20 years on the board, but mm-hmm. the conversations that would be held, and of course you can catch us up to today's numbers, but talking about the impact that Tennessee Westland has in a community, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. not just hosting events, but you're looking at an economic impact in the millions of it is. is that right? It
1: is. Several million, depending on which uh, stats and figures you look at. And even not looking at the dollar specifically, but when you walk downtown in the summer, when we do not have 370 residents on this campus, and you don't have an additional three or 400 commuters, faculty, and staff on this campus in the presence that it is, the restaurants are not as full. Businesses may not be as full. And I talk to a lot of the owners of businesses and restaurants downtown, and they will ask when school starts back. They know they get that dinner crowd. They know they get that uh, retail population to come through. And it just supports the whole community. And those are the numbers I don't know that you can really put a measure on. But when you look at the student service hours that our students do in the community and they volunteer around town, it's a good labor force. It's a good internship force. It's a good population to help with, you know, working with the YMCA or working with the Arts Center and the talent we can provide in those areas. And you look at the sports teams, when they do out to do a volunteer service and they help you know, a family in this community that's in need, those numbers are hard to really put on paper. But I think that's where the real magic happens is, is that service in the community.
0: Absolutely. And, and share with us, too, because each college I've ever known and talked to people there, and certainly you have, you have to have campaigns. Mm-hmm. You have to raise money. Twenty four seven three sixty five to stay mm-hmm. in business i don't care if you're tennessee westland or you're harvard and share with us the good news that we've been receiving recently about our capital latest capital campaign if you will mm-hmm. uh how it sort of got started the goal and and maybe where we are today and uh as of november of, of 2023
1: sure it was the vision of our previous president, Dr. Harley Knowles, to enter into another capital campaign, and that was approved in the April 2021 Board of Trustees meeting. Uh, not long after that, he announced his retirement, so we kind of hit pause on that campaign, and I think rightfully so. The new president needed to come in, and at the time, we didn't know it would be Dr. Forrest, but needed to put his or her fingerprints on that and make sure that the priorities of the campaign matched what their strategic vision was of the university you know, going forward. So like I say, we hit pause on that. And then when Dr. Forrest came on campus in July of 2022, he and I had some serious conversations. He sat down with a lot of faculty, a lot of staff, a lot of community leaders, board of trustees, and just really learned as much as he could in a short order about where the future of Tennessee Wesleyan needed to go. So, so that campaign took just a little bit of a shift. We kept the goal of 19.25 million. So that, that was the original goal. We kept that bottom line the same. And the main focus was to make sure we provided the resources to maintain the facilities we have. It's a beautiful campus. Would encourage anybody that's you know able or in the Athens area to come by and walk through campus and just really feel the spirit that we have. Some of our buildings. The oldest building was built in you know opened in eighteen fifty seven. Construction started in eighteen fifty two there's maintenance needs. So we wanted to shift a little bit of the focus area of that campaign to maintenance and renovation of our existing facilities, as well as future improvements and providing the, you know, the constant needs for scholarship support, endowment support, and things like that. So, so there was just a little bit of shift of focus in that. But today, as you said, in November of 2023, happy to say that we're about 88% of that goal out of the 19.25 million, um, Still some things that uh, need to be uh, reached within that goal. We've done really well in some areas. Some areas we really need to uh, you know, make a priority to enhance some of the spaces we have now. Athletics is an area that uh, will be a focus area. Proud to say that we're in a good position to build a new tennis center. Uh, men's and women's both rank in the top five, usually in the nation, top 10 on a very consistent basis. So thanks to the support of several donors were able to uh, move forward with the planning of and soon to be construction of the ben and cynthia wilson tennis center named after two local education and tennis and athletic supporter legends in this area and, and several other projects you know recently we were able to do some major renovations in our dining hall thanks to our partner with aramark that has served as our food service provider for many years also did some major renovations in our music wing thanks to the legacy that Regina Mayfield through her estate had left and just totally revitalized that area. Projects all over campus are consistently going forward and that's what this campaign really strives to do is just keep us looking the best we can to appeal to the students and give them the best experience possible. As they invest four years, maybe six years in graduate programs of their time here and they're paying a good price to come here. We need to provide a good service for them to be here.
0: Well, that's an excellent point. And, and I still feel, Blake, and I think you do, that, that for the money invested by a student and his or her family, it's just a wonderful, wonderful bargain. And mm-hmm. share with the listeners, because this is marketing, yes. uh, about the approximate uh, annual cost, including uh, room, board, books, etc.
1: Sure. Uh, the tuition and, and sticker price is what I always refer to it because <laughs> in the car business, you know, you never pay sticker price. So I never <laughs> wanted to say, you know, that our <laughs> tuition is what you're going to end up paying. Yeah. But uh, the tuition is in the high 20,000s right now, just below 30. If you add room and board to that, that depends on which residence hall you may be in. But the average student pays nowhere near that. 100% of our first-time full-time freshmen receive aid 100 percent our scholarship packages are very generous Um, we have a matrix that is very quickly identifiable even a tool on our website you can enter in a gpa and an act score and have a very good idea of what your final scholarship offer will be oftentimes that falls about half rough number of what the full tuition price is sometimes you can get other aid applied to that if you do a work study on campus Athletics provides their own scholarship. So there are a lot of ways to offset the costs. So I always encourage people to you know, reach out to financial aid, reach out to the admissions office to get a true cost of, of what that might be for you and not just look at a sticker price on a website because our tuition price of what is actually paid oftentimes falls below the larger state schools in our area. So don't let the private liberal arts really scare you off because we are a great bargain. We fall under most of our competitors when it's the actual out-of-pocket costs. And, and it makes us very affordable. In the uh, most recent U.S. News and World Report, we rank number 16 in the southeast region. WalletHub.com put us as the number five school in Tennessee, ranked above the major universities in our area. So we're really getting that attention for both the value that we provide and the affordability that we have to attend school here
0: yeah and that's that's so perfect and and you and I have talked and Dr. Forrest and I uh, we've been in three-person meetings Mm -hmm. the engagement I love that word how do we engage Uh, and part of my role here as you know is to engage the alums again but engaging that first-time student Mm -hmm. is so important and that's what your role with the marketing and, and community engagement and what uh, I guess what tools do you and your staff use like to look at that student who's you know pick wherever they are in high school? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. What tools can you use when you go out uh, and work with the admissions department and everybody else to say, I want you to be here. I want you to be a Tennessee Wesleyan student and a graduate. What, what can you tell folks that they need to be, looking at as you go out and do that marketing
1: and I think that's probably a question that has multiple answers and I think anyone would tell you the best marketing is face-to-face one-on-one so that's what the admissions office does every day they are out on the road in high schools they're in community colleges they're in other areas where they can meet those prospective students one-on-one face-to-face what we try to do on the marketing side is create that brand awareness so when those counselors are set up at McMinn County High School or they're at Roan County High School or they may be at Pellissippi State Community College or name any other community college or high school in the region, we want them to know the Tennessee Wesleyan name. We want them to know that there is a value there, that there is a prestige with the private liberal arts university, and that they know the majors we offer might be what they're looking for. And they go to that counselor and they say, you know, I saw a billboard for Tennessee Wesleyan or I saw a digital ad pop up on my Facebook feed for Tennessee Wesleyan, or I heard a radio commercial. We want them to have some level of knowledge of Tennessee Wesleyan. So when they go to that counselor, that conversation has already been started through the efforts of our office. The other thing we're really trying to drive home right now, back to the value proposition, is the affordability. We don't want price to be a factor for anyone. Uh, Dr. Forrest in his inauguration speech back in the spring had shared with the community a free tuition offer that is being extended. Certain criteria have to be met, but if you meet those criteria, you will attend Tennessee Wesleyan tuition free. We know from the statistical data that we have through our Financial Aid Office that's going to appeal to a lot of students in our area that normally would not think they could afford Tennessee Wesleyan. So, so again, that's why we want to encourage everyone look at us give us an opportunity to share what our true cost is. We want it to be a right fit. We know we're not the right fit for every student, but we never want price to be that barrier to anybody who thinks we're the right fit or really wants to learn more about us.
0: That brings up a, a thought, Blake, that even when I was here, goodness folks, mm-hmm. sixty years ago, what what drives us as as lay people to think that a private school has to be more expensive. Well, what do you think that dynamic is? I've never quite figured out why, if you're marketing, why private just automatically signals to people, oh gosh, it's too expensive, I don't even want to look.
1: Right, Uh, maybe a few thoughts would be, you hear a private country club and you think you can't play golf there, you hear other private clubs that seem so exclusive, the quote unquote average person, may not be able to. I don't know if that falls into it. I think you also have a lot of the private schools with the big names, the Harvards, the Yells, the Dartmouths, the Browns, that may be unattainable for a lot of people. And even some of the private schools more in this you know region that have a lot higher price tag than we do, maybe is a little bit of a misnomer or, or leads to an impression that's not as accurate as it could be on what a true cost is. You know, we don't receive all the state aid that some of the other state schools have, so there is a higher price tag usually associated, but we're able to offset that with some generous scholarship offers through, you know, private donations, through foundations that want to support that student experience.
0: That's a good point. The, and what do you say to someone, Blake, when, when their student, uh, their, their son or daughter, is looking at college Uh, and I have an own opinion, my own opinion, but what do you say that every child or every student must go to college to be successful? What's your thought process there? Even though this is your job to market, but how Mm -hmm. does Blake feel about that statement?
1: Honestly, I disagree with it. I think everybody is made to do something different, and if everybody went to college... I think we would lose a lot of vital trades that we need. So I think we have to have a healthy balance of trade school prepared individuals. We have to have a healthy balance of college prepared individuals. And I think that's what makes an economy successful. And what I would say is if you're uncertain about whether college is right for you, visit campus. If, if you know what a major might be that you're interested in, we can let you sit in a classroom experience a lecture with a college professor eat in our dining hall spend some time on campus and just have a day in the life of so to speak and mm-hmm. see if tennessee wesleyan's right it may not be we know that but it very well might be and you didn't realize it was so we, we just want the opportunity to showcase the university and see if we're the right fit that's
0: that's excellent uh, yeah you just like you say you Try it on for size Mm -hmm, and see how it works.
1: And a lot of times I think students like this more than they may think. You know, we're the (laughs) the local college for some people. They're like, oh, I have to move away. I have to have big college experience. A lot of times over Christmas break, those students are calling saying, you know, I might want to come back. I may want to look at Tennessee Wesleyan one more time. And certainly the doors (laughs) are open. The phones will be answered if that's the case. And we'll welcome you back with open arms.
0: Well, I was one of those way back. <laughs> uh, the University of Chattanooga was there. It was not a part of the Tennessee system way mm-hmm. back when I was in high school, and I was one of those. I got to get out of town. I, right. I don't need to stay here. Marvelous school that it is, and, mm-hmm. and for the historically inclined, uh, Tennessee Westland was a part of that system way, way back, way long back when. before Blake and I ever got here. <laughs> But the reality, you're right, that's a great point, because so many people that I will talk to, young people, do say, whoa, I could have been right here. I could have had a great education at Westland and do that. Mm-hmm. Now, when we look at, at the liberal arts, certainly, mm-hmm. I've always believed, and, and I feel you have, certainly, by being educated here, that that's kind of the way to go. Have that broad base. Now, even with these multiple areas of study, it's still wonderful to say, wow, I got some courses in X and Y that uh, made me a better person, if you will, Mm -hmm. for the future. So uh, I I think you agree with that? I do.
1: I certainly do. Uh, And and I think you're right. It does make a more well-rounded person. I think it exposes you to things that wherever you came from, wherever you call home, may not have been what home looked like. We have a very diverse population on campus compared to the community around us. It offers opportunities to learn about religions you may not have known about growing up, languages you may not have spoken growing up, reading literature you may not have been exposed to in high school, and just it does broaden that whole perspective and I think give you more of a worldly outlook. Whether that career after graduation brings you right back to Athens, Tennessee, or takes you to a larger city Memphis Knoxville Nashville or even larger overseas
0: now and I meant to ask a moment ago uh, number of faculty and staff here at Weston, What, what are the uh,
1: numbers fluctuate all the time but we usually have about 150 total full-time employees uh, a couple of contract services in there too that runs with uh, maintenance and bookstore facility staff etc dining hall faculty we have a, a healthy mix of adjuncts as well that are specialized in certain areas that can come in and bring real-life business expertise or real-life education expertise or other disciplines to the classroom and and bring it to a very real level of what you may see in the workforce when you graduate here so those numbers always fluctuate depending on enrollment depending on class loads but we're usually in that 140 to 150 full-time number between faculty and staff
0: Excellent. Now, Blake, in contacting uh, the university, mm-hmm. what, what would be for our listeners uh, who may have students that are ready for college? How should they go about contacting Westland? I know we've got numbers and, mm-hmm. and websites, but if you can give that to the folks so they could just do that, uh, it'd be great. Yeah,
1: and the easiest way, honestly, is our, our website. You, know, you can go to tnwestland.edu and that has all the information on there from every fact and figure to major to minor to program of study to, you know, if there are alumni and donors listening that want to find out more about homecoming dates and how to make a gift to the university, all the way to the fact book that divides every student into, you know, geographic and demographic and majors and minors. I mean, everything is on our website, but, you know, for any prospective students or parents of prospective students or other, you know, uh, family members, the website's the easiest way to see what majors we have you can schedule campus tours through our admissions office on there reach out to the counselor that may represent your geographic area or transfer or adult or grad area depending on what category you may fit into so that's the easiest stop obviously you can follow us on social media we're really active on facebook and instagram and linkedin follow us there you'll get a taste of the university just through the pictures we share and the stories that we share uh, recaps of events that we host or videos that we might you know shoot of certain uh, dedications and luncheons and things like that. So you can really, really get a good idea of what the university is about, what our student population is, the way we interact with our students by you know either the website or through our social media.
0: And then kind of wrapping up, what what do you see and certainly in your meetings and and with uh, Dr. Forrest and others, what do we see Westland being, and I know people talk about five-year plans, mm-hmm. and that's good sometimes, but it is. where do you see Westland in the next four or five years? What would be your idea of, of that, uh, You know, I guess, that, that next
1: step? Next step. I think we continue the growth pattern that we're in. We've seen, as I mentioned earlier, substantial growth in the graduate programs. I don't think that will stop. I think we continue to see that. We're in a position facility-wise, we can still grow our daytime population, whether that's a resident population or the commuter population. So Dr. Forrest has shared he would love to see 1500 students in the next five to seven years. We think that's very doable through the growth of those programs. We are small enough to be very nimble. And I think we've seen that through the pandemic how we could shift to an online model or a hybrid model i think we've seen that in some of the program growth as our nursing program has grown and we've added the rn to bsn track we have added the msn track we have added a fast track for nurses who want to do an expedited two years of the pre-nursing classes in the more liberal arts fields and then still have a very intentional two-year experience in the nursing classes and the clinicals associated. So I think if you look at Tennessee Wesleyan, we can adapt with what those needs are, either in our community, greater community, or what those may be on a more national scale. So I think we will continue to be proactive in a lot of ways to serve what our student population looks like. And if there are opportunities that arise in this community based on either an industrial trend or something else that makes sense, I think we will be one of the leaders to look at those programs And see how we can support our community at large and and by that I mean a lot larger than Athens or McMinn County but maybe the entire you know southeast Tennessee or even southeast US region that we reside in and I think that's what the future looks like for us is continuing to evolve and best serve our populations I love going through some of the old yearbooks and looking at some of the majors from 100 years ago or 125 years ago that that don't make sense, and I often think if we had not continued that evolution to serve this community in the way it needs to be, where would Tennessee Wesleyan be today? So I think that's the future is to continue serve, however that will be. Right now, the graduate programs look very strong. I think that's an area that there's a great need. I can't say in five years what that need will be, but I'm I'm certain that we will be on the forefront of that need and serving it in the best way we can.
0: Well, and that's that's excellent. I just greatly appreciate you sharing with this and folks. We're going to be doing more of these uh, podcasts with the Tennessee Wesleyan family. Uh, Dr. Forrest had one earlier in the year that I can refer you back to. Blake in his position is just uh, as you can tell is very very enthusiastic about this school and, and the future and has done a marvelous job. I've enjoyed working with him in my new role uh, as the alumni coordinator. and I think this is Uh, what you all can see and then as he points out go to that website if you have a student that would love to be in a small family-oriented community receive an outstanding education for the future and then if they are in this area giving back to the university it's just awesome any other comments Blake as we wrap it up today
1: no uh, again thank you for not just the interview with Dr. Forrest and myself, but the ones I know you will do in the future to help represent Tennessee Westland. And just, again, encourage anyone to visit our website if they would like to learn more and hopefully schedule a visit and see us in person.
0: I think that would be great. And folks, thanks for being with us today. And as I always say, to wrap it up, I hope you have a safe and healthy day. And I'll see you a little further up the road.